coming up on Just Elders Podcast. Liberated as in our thinking, right. freeing ourselves of Eurocentric thought and behavior. That's the greatest challenge. It's in between our ears. That's what we getting. Right. That's what we They're getting done. Them. They lighten us up because we have adopted a foreign culture. And then we think that we can be our best imitating somebody else. Never, never. And, and Esther Rowe has a profound quote. She was the mother in good times. Man, her quote was like, you don't see me running around here trying to imitate white women because my power is in being who I am. Mm-hmm. And then she says, if you ever seen an imitation diamond outshine a real diamond? No, because it's an imitation. <laughs> and so like the that. more we learn about who we are, right. what's been healthy for us right. when we are at our best, when are we at our best? We're not at our best when we're doing individualistic stuff. We're at our best when we collaborate. Right. Right. We're not at our best when we ain't, when we're destroying. We're at our best when we're creating. Right. We're not at our best when we've decided that we're going to, you know, go off and just get ours. Right. No, we, we're at our best when we say, what can we build together? <clears throat> Ready? Born ready. It's Wednesday. Time for your favorite podcast, your favorite podcast. Vibe with me. We need you, Project. Let's go. You heard the word be shout Standing on shoulders We some giants with them axes Now Black Phoenix in my yeah. seat It's about time for part two on it Yeah it is Putting on our It's time Bring the fire with light we're going to do it just like this. What's up, family? You're tuning to the Just Elder Podcast. Hottest podcast to ever hit the airways. Super excited. We're about to record the greatest episode we have ever recorded. Say it every time and mean it every single time. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Appreciate everybody for tuning in to the last uh, episode we just dropped. Uh, them boys were wilding out on it, but I appreciate it. It was a good episode. Um Today we're gonna switch it up, man. I got a friend, I got a big brother, I got a mentor. This person is special to me. You heard him on this podcast before. Um, but he's special to me because I always say he's the person that brought me in the movement. Uh, <clears throat> we say the movement doing the work for the people. This brother brought me in. And then Derek liked the claim that he did. <laughs> Derek kept me in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Derek kept me in. Well, Mowley definitely brought me in, man. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Attorney Mowley Davis. What's up, bro? What's up, black man? Hey, man. Good to be here. Good to see you. Too. Hold on one second. Make sure we not, they know we on air. Oh, okay. Okay, right on. In the lobby. Uh, so, yeah, man, Uh, I do got to say that. Mowley, you, you brought me in this thing, for real, for real. Hey, man. And you know how long ago it been? Like, I was 22. Dang. What you at? What, what? I turn thirty four next month. Twelve years. Yeah. And what's That's strong? What's so crazy? 
I text you and I, I talked about it on the podcast, but I text you and De- uh, Rob the other day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. That was crazy. <laughs> and I, that, that, that magnet, that picture from back in the day. Bruh. I'm yeah. talking about y'all, y'all were my age. Yeah. 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 That's, man. I ain't gonna lie. That was a little motivation for me, bro. Oh man. Like that was like, and I've been at it for a minute. And I'm finally starting to see a little bit of traction sure. and clarity of kind of where we're going. But it's still like in that. Yeah, it's about consistency. Yeah. It's, All of it is, man. That's that's one of the things that we learned is just be consistent. Stay in your lane. Be consistent. Move with integrity. And it'll just, it'll happen. You know, one of my guys told me when we were first starting the firm and he saw me argue a motion in court, I was man brand new out of the big law firm and now i'm on my own trying to do criminal defense law and he sees me argue this motion and i'm just you know as they describe full of piss and vinegar just going yeah 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 <laughs> he ultimately rules against me on it but uh later on he's just like man all you need is time and and so much of what we do in terms of progression it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah, it's a matter of time. So that's it. You how, own it. How many pivots you feel like y'all done made in this process of this law firm? I mean, we've been tweaking. You know, your core values are your core values. Right. You know, we wanted to bring <clears throat> top-notch legal services to our neighborhood. Folk didn't have to go to Peachtree. They didn't have to go to Buckhead, Midtown. They could come to South DeKalb. Right. And so that was our position is let's just deliver high quality services to our people. We we are intentional about investing in our folk through community projects, programs, anything that deals with uplifting black people. We've been just like, yo, let's let's help that. Let's do that. And then it's all reciprocity, you know, because one of the things I think we have to just really fully embrace is that if you really want success, you have to help other people be successful along the way. I believe that. And then it's 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 gonna reverberate back. It's gonna come back to you. It's the it's the universe. It's the culture. What's so crazy? I know you're not lying because one thing that Keith always uh, claims you to. I always talk about how you brought me in the movement. But Keith, he said he met you through a free clinic. Oh wow! Free free legal clinic. You was on Derrick Bozeman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, come on down to the apex. Wow. Was like, going back. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. bring your stuff with you. If we can help you, we can help you. And I had a little case going on. You look through it. You're like, all right, nah, that's, that should be good. It's not the statute. But if not, say this and turn this in. Man, that's deep. That's deep. <laughs> we here today. Hey, man. Hey. <laughs> you saved my butt. My butt. Hey, man. Look, you know, and, and it's the same, man. You know, I, with my sons, they're 20, about to be 24 and 26. And they need help along the way. Right. I, I hope I have been helpful enough in the universe that, that they're gonna take they go, somebody's gonna somebody's gotta grab them. You right. know, somebody's gotta scoop them and help them navigate in their their areas of interest in film and, and entertainment and sports and representation world. So man, it's just it's just like that, man. And I I believe, you know, I believe that if you committed to it and you're gonna be consistent with it. Right. And grind on it. It's just a matter of time. It's gonna it's gonna break. So you um going back because I, when I say I really mean I really appreciate being brought in this world. It was completely 
Like people see me now and uh, they they have no idea of my background. <laughs> like they like what, what what you doing, bro? Like nobody Oh, same for me, man. You know, I was a, I was a I was a, a South Side knucklehead, South Side Chicago, uh, self-absorbed, selfish, you know, in many ways, man, just all about the good time. That was that was kind of what I was on. That's what Cash knew me for when I was coming out of no. Chicago, right. even at the Naval Academy. That's that I was, I was you know just partying, just not really focused on the people. And then Philadelphia, man, just brotherly love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what's so for me, I had little knowledge of black consciousness. Period. Right. Like being right. raised around a white folk, I heard very little about King. Yeah, like I didn't even know what an HBCU was. Like right, right, I'm, right. I'm so fresh. Yeah, out there, and I remember moving to Atlanta. I was in a very United Way direct service. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I always loved community. Yeah, but I didn't understand direct action and how to really shift. Yeah, you you were doing direct service, the, dealing with the symptoms of the yeah. system of white supremacy. You. You putting band-aids Bruh, on. I'm put, and I'm putting band-aids all over the city. I'm yeah. proud of my work. And, and it's and it's good work to be oh, done. Oh, no, 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 no. It's it, necessary. It, it has to be done. Absolutely. But when you really want to learn more and deeper about that work, you get to the root. And at the root, you discover white supremacy. You can't Man. find, you can't discover white supremacy without unveiling or peeping into black consciousness. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, No, those are... And and that's that's hand in hand, right? So you are trying to figure out why is it that everywhere in the world I go, black folk, whatever you can name the neighborhood, you can name the city, you can name the country. Right. White people have these resources, and black people are struggling to gather these resources. And mm-hmm. you know, you see it. You know, obviously, Atlanta has this unique situation because we have a middle upper and upper middle class of black people but for the you see a lot of our people struggling you're like yo why is that right. and then you finally start put, put you know peel the layers back and say oh whoa whoa, whoa wait a minute and you see the history of it you right. know and that's that's my thing with anybody especially young uh creators young people going into anything understand the history if mm. you don't understand the history you're going to be confused. You're going to end up betraying us. You're going right. to end up collaborating with people who are in, um, not on our team, you know. So that's the piece is understanding and, and embracing it and saying, you know what? I am evolving. That's the, that's the thing that, that we have to all recognize. I'm evolving right now. Right. You know, I'm still, I'm reading, I'm studying, I'm, you know, trying to raise my consciousness and trying to get clarity around all of these different issues that, you know, they don't teach you in school. Right. So you've got to you learn. learn in school. Yeah. You got to be committed to that education. And, and how can I be the best version of myself in this season? How mm-hmm. can I do that in this, at this time, what I'm about to go into, how can I upgrade? You know, they talk about, um, I've seen, the ET talk about Eric Thomas talk about how you know you're upgrading your phones and all of that, but you're not upgrading yourself. Mm. And that's what you know, we can't be the same person we were five years ago 
because this season is a whole nother thing. Right. And we, we've got to take our stuff to another level. And you, so, and you always feel it when you, when you have experienced different phases, you feel like, Oh, all right, I can tell I'm going somewhere new. Oh, cause like a lot of stuff don't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Oh no, no. It's, it, it's, it's very disruptive. Yeah. It's disruptive. Like, Cause I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in one of those spaces and oh, yeah. there's stuff disruptive going to some places don't make sense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like then you kind of looking for something like you always looking for that new thing. So I, and then I, the funny part is I saw, um, the, you know, I, I watched I always, you know, I'm watch all kind of YouTube motivational videos. That's my thing every morning working out. And one of the things that I saw was, um, Steve jobs talking about, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking back. And so you don't even know why you're on this path or why you learned this one thing or why you were in this situation, but it gave you a tool. It gave you a perspective. It gave you some insight so that when you got to this next place, you're doing it different, right? It's right. like you moving in a different way right. and people like, well, you know, cause people don't understand. They, they get me twisted. You know, they're like, you know, why is, why is all your stuff, you know, the media, the media, this media, that, why you do press conferences? Like y'all don't even understand. Like I've never professed to be a regular voyeur. Right. I'm a revolutionary right. first right. before I ever went to law school. And so the whole objective has been shine a bright light in dark places for black folk to see the contradictions that we live in and live under and hopefully it inspires them to get into an organization and organize. Right. That's my objective. Right. So that's it. <laughs> I'm, gl- I'm glad you went there. One, you live it. Cause like I said, I'm a living testament of it. Uh, even how you brought me in. So I was dating Mr. Griffin daughter. Right. I was yes, dating sir. Mr. Griffin daughter and he used to always ride around listening to too much truth. Dare Bowman. He, he was me. like, he was like, man, you got to meet these brothers. You were having, I can't even remember the event. But he brought me and he was like, look, you need to meet the, he the, he the next leader. You need to meet him. And you said one thing, you like, hey, let's bang. <laughs> he was like, he was yeah. like, meet me at the office. And what's so funny, I've seen you say that to so, so many people over the years, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you duplicated that. You duplicated yourself because you wrote the book, We Need You, uh, Motivating My Son's Generation to Join the Movement. Talk mm-hmm. about that book. Why was it so... Why was it so important and uh, what was your goal? To get pen to paper, you know, to try to capture, because my my journey, man, I just wanted to say, I hope and pray that my sons and their generation will fall in love with black people the way I have. And that when you do, you can't, you can't do anything but act. Right. right. Like when you in love, love is action. Right. When you love somebody, you do. Right. And so if you love black folk, then you will do in the interest, the best interest of black people. And then when you start doing that, it it creates experiences and a different kind of joy because you serving your folk. They are saying um, in different ways. They appreciate and they love you back. Right. You know, and sometimes you're you going to get you have your betrayal moments and all of that. But so I wrote it really 
to try to capture the love and joy that I have been able to experience through just loving black folk and trying to be of service and hoping that if they read it, that maybe they'd be willing to try to see how they can use their skills and think about why did I come this way? What, what, what what's my purpose? Right. right. And unfortunately right now, and it's always been this way to some degree, I think they, a lot of young people, people in general, what can I just enjoy? Right. Not because if you serve somebody, you, you're going to feel good. Right, right. It's going to be all right. You know, even, even in those tough spaces. And so that's what the book is about. Encouraging my son's generation for black liberation. And, you know, we, we, uh, we haven't pushed it as hard as, as I, I think I need to. We're getting ready to come out with the audio book. It's already recorded. So hopefully in February, we'll do a big project that'll get the audio book out. Cause I know that'll be a lot smoother for a some lot people. of young people. Yeah. Right. Some people just going boom. They, they can consume it, it easier. Yeah. So we're just trying to find ways for them to lean into it. Just like the, we need you project, having the young people read it and then create. It's just how can we be creative to get to them? Right. You know, cause right. some people are, I, I think too critical of young people. I mean, this is, this is a warrior generation, yeah. you know, they ready and we just have to help arm them with good. Yeah. Misguided spirit. Yeah, man. Yeah. We got to just get Shout it. out to love. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to let us make man. Yo, <laughs> Tahiru. It's exactly. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's so true in the book. One thing I love about the book, because when I talk to people about the movement, they typically look at me, right? Mm -hmm. And even my position has shifted in the movement. Mm -hmm. When I first came in, man, I remember feeling like that Christian on fire <laughs> for Jesus. Like, I mean, my, just my, right. like, Thanksgiving just passed. You would have got 20 posts from me. <laughs> Fuck that turkey, man. <laughs> Fucking love. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that was me. And that's how it is when you first come in. Because it's new information. You're angry because you've like mm -hmm. you've been living this, this lie. Yeah. You've been living this lie. So I get it. When I see people there, I don't judge them. I understand it. Yeah. I understand it. But what happens is once you develop, you really understand it's more complex than that. Oh man. It's it's way your people are the way they are because this machine has been working really good oh, for yeah. a really long time. And it doesn't shut down. It's it, 24 7. It doesn't shut down and it's like AI. It adjusts. Oh yeah, yeah. It, That's like, what we miss. We 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 miss the adjustments. Yeah. That, that that they have made to tweak the language. Yeah. The the way they come at you. We looking for the we looking for redlining still. Right. Like it's nah, called something else now, bro. Oh yeah, no. They, like, like we still you know COINTELPRO is just something different, right? They still got us under surveillance. They right. still trying to disrupt the movement. They still banging against us. And our culture and finding ways to, I mean, in my class at Clark Atlanta University, man, we've got eight sisters and one brother in the class. I've been there. This is my fourth semester. I have had two, no, three um, African-American young men in all of my classes. Wow. And when I, what you know, and when I talk to them, I say, look, y'all are the evidence of the outright attack on our communities and how brothers are not making it to college. Right. They're just not, the pipeline is just ruptured, bro. They're yeah. not making it to college. 
And then when they get there, we're trying to say, hey, you know, you can't just be here running after everybody. You got to sit down and focus focus and figure out how can I get involved in this work and working in the best interest of my people in a profession that allows me to take care of myself. And so that's, that's complicated. So <laughs> it is. And it, you know, I don't, I don't take it lightly that. And what's so funny. I think about this all the time, right? I think about 20 years ahead, 30 years ahead. Like I'm very clear the rooms and the people I've been privileged to sit under. Bro. Like I'm and the more, you know, when I really see it, is when I get in room with other young organizers. Like I can tell who they've been under. Or if bruh, they've been under anybody. If they've been under anybody. Like but I can see it. Like yeah. like when I'm so I don't so what it recalls me to do, because when I first got in it, I used to be heavy like I need to be front, 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 like, you know, I wanna do the press con. When I realize how much I don't know, and then it caused me to kind of fall back and serve more. I'm still in the mm-hmm, room. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't serve, like, I don't got to do nothing. You ain't seen me do a press conference when I first came. Right, right, right. You ain't seen me on the camera. Like, because yeah. I really don't even want to. Because, you know, when Langford passed, I realized how many questions I didn't ask. Mm, that's deep. Wow. Like, I used to be with Langford every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's deep, man. That's deep. That's that's. You realize how many questions you didn't ask? Yeah, yeah, man. It's a, and that scares. That's that's it scary, is scary, man. man. Like scary. I always tell people, I only have one fear. I have one fear, like 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 a real overt fear. Everything else, I understand. Mm-hmm. But when I used to work back in the day, I used to work retail, mm-hmm. and because of my personality, managers used to always want me in the front on register like that was all every job I ever had I've been on register mm-hmm. and I remember no matter what the job is no matter what the system is they'll show you how to do it the manager be like hold on let me go to the bathroom a customer will come in and you try to do it and you jam up the register mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then your manager would come in and say oh hold on let me quick he'll fix it and then show you what you did wrong right right translate that that register is the movement. That's life I'm living right now. That mm-hmm. manager are my elders, them baby boomers, those mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wise people. In a minute, they're going to go to the bathroom and they ain't coming back. Right, 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 man. We got and, Bob and Dollar. And, Bob and Dollar is... Bruh, is uh, I just said, I was just talking to Mike Ross. Like, mm-hmm. we got to do something for, yep, for, for him. him. Yep. Like, it's... it's and, and Alvin Dollar is so humble. It's so many people that don't know man. who he is. Cause you just, you were just to, tell the people Dunbar Center. Yep. I mean, and I can tell what I know. You could probably tell. No, nah, man, he like, was he was a big part of the Kalanji Brotherhood with MZ Tate. Yeah, they were they were very very closely together. I got the street together. side in my other office. Yeah, they work very closely together. Um, a lot of the manhood work that we do with Let Us Make Man and Black Man Lab, I consider them the really the yeah, pioneers pioneers of that work in you know, in Atlanta, they mm-hmm. were doing that work. He's a great, Grady baby, went to Morehouse, mm-hmm. um, family man, raises children, grandchildren, and he's, you know. They, and he shows up to everything. Bro, like, he, this brother is, he's older now. He's not as nimble as he used to be, but he shows up to everything. And the average person, because we 
are not lifting up our people enough or we don't have the institutions or platforms established to lift up these people. Oh, to make it to make it clear. Right. That this is someone who we should pay homage to. You right. know, and his yesterday I you know, ran by his house. He's on, you know, palliative care now. They're they don't they they can't do any other treatments for him. So he's you know, coming to grips with his own mortality. Uh, and so I got to call him. Yeah, man. So we, we, his wife told me and it, it you know, almost broke me down. He, she said, Oh, he loves y'all. He loves black man lab, you know, cause he can he goes to Mondays and Tuesday. Right. And he's going and what she hit me with was, and I didn't know it. It's like, yeah, he gets out of his sick bed to come over there. I didn't know how sick he was. He's just showing up with a walk on a walker. Yeah. You know. I see it, man. It's it's like. That's man, love. Yeah, it is. That's love. It is. So yeah. when I just. So the reason I got to call him. You're going back to that quote I just said about Langford. It's so many questions. Man. Yeah. That we haven't asked Alvin. Yep. We really need to. I sit do him it. down. I do it. Just tell me. Just Capture. set up the day. Yep. Just so I already know where you're going. Just let him talk, man. We were looking at your mama stuff the other day. <laughs> yeah. We were, look, we, were, we were looking at all that. So I'm. You set the day. We'll come out. You ain't got to worry about nothing. Yeah. Just set up the day. I'm. I'm gonna go by there, man. But that's that's our. What's powerful is that we have had you recognize who you've been with. Right. You know, sometimes you can. You walking past people or sitting in rooms and you not even know, like, oh, 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 that's who that was. Not only do I recognize, I recognize the credibility his gave me. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I go, man, I tell people all over the country that Conrad Worrell, who's now an ancestor, was my godfather. And they they know that was a hardworking, committed brother. Right. Um, Anderson Thompson a brilliant mind, you know, Baba AK, you know, I was thinking about it the other day, how many men, you know, and it's the story we tell ourselves. That's what's critical. So my father left our house when I was in the eighth grade and my high school years, he was very scarce, yeah. very scarce in terms of and which is critical, you know, those are critical years for a young brother right. on the south side of Chicago. So he was scarce, man. It hurt me. I was angry, just at times, just wilding during that period. I remember going to my grandmother, his mother, saying, you know, why, why didn't he come around here and come to my games? You know, I'm playing basketball because he made me fall in love with the game because that was, that was who he was right. as a Harlem Globetrotter. And so I was crying, man, talking to my grandmother. And she was like, he just can't handle it right now, right? Because he had just kind of fallen from having been a globetrotter professional to just kind of struggling. And I never forget her saying he just can't handle it right now, baby. And and I just had to just go with that. But I think about the story that I've told myself isn't one of of lack. Right. In his absence, I had David Boone, Mr. Mm. Boone, my boy's dad, who was father for me. I had Marty's dad. Mm. My, you know, um, I had my boy Carrie's dad, and I had my boy Stu's dad. So I had four other, 
you know, fathers right. that really, they would pull me up. They holler, you know, they would talk to me, you know, they would try to correct me too. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what a father does. It's so critical. That's why we got to be in these children's lives because we help correct right. the behavior. Right. And so, and then I thought I never had, I never ever met one of my grandfathers. None. Like mm-hmm. I didn't have, I, I never did because they were gone. Right. They weren't a part of my father's life. He never knew his dad. None of that. But right next door, Stu, my my cousin Stu, his grandfather became my grandfather. You know, I've had um, three godfathers. You know what I'm saying? Baba AK. Baba AK and um, Conrad Worrell and uh, Hannibal Afrique and Anderson Thompson. And so because I've had this this longing for fathers and grandfathers, the universe sent them to me. They right. just weren't my blood. Same with my brothers. Right. You know, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's I was, part of the brotherhood. I was just talking to a sister friend the other day, and um, she a real good friend. She married, and I love her husband. But I can tell he's like very much not used to he operates on an individual basis, mm-hmm. and I can tell. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, and I was telling her, like, I just I'm building with him because. His life gonna get so much better when oh, he man. when he's experienced a real brother. And I get it; most people ain't never experienced it. Like I used to have to get on Keith about it all the time. I used to be like, Keith, bro, you gotta lean in, dog. Like you can't. Re- when I see brothers retreat, I know that's because they haven't experienced oh, yeah. real brotherhood before. Whether that come from like the peer space or just that that father is really looking out for you. It's just something that. A lot of us are not used to. So brothers are kind of shy from it. We get uncomfortable. Yeah. You get uncomfortable. But, you know, that's, I think, part of the power of the Black Man Lab is to have brothers in a room that say, man, uh, I love you. Right. How you feeling? Right. You know, I see you. Right. Put your arm around them and say, you good? You know, and um, some of what happens in those spaces, man, is just that gives me what I need to keep pushing, you know, to be able, I know no matter what, no matter what goes down, who I'm about to face, who hates my guts, I can go into that space and be safe. You're going to be good. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's. Tell the people, how can they find Black Man Lab? For them, yeah. Um, blackmanlab.org. Blackmanlab.org every Monday. You yeah. know, that's the, that's the consistency part. Yeah. Every Monday. Every Monday. Know they got somewhere to go. Young YMCA. Young YMCA on Campbellton Road every Tuesday, Epster Rec Center on the east side in Indicator 105 Electric Avenue. And so um, just coming into those spaces where it's all about us, it's unapologetically black man space, right. safe, sacred, and healing space. And that's that's it, man. And when we can, we just got to keep building spaces where brothers can let their guard down. Right. You know what I mean? Saying, all right. I'm cool here because we living in such a hostile environment, you know, being black in America, black on planet earth. Right. You moving like, yo, they're coming for me. You know, like which way they're coming. <laughs> right, right, you know, right. Right. You know, so we got to have some other alternative spaces where it's like, all right, cool. You could, you know, leave a gun in the car, you know, <laughs> don't bring the blade. We straight. <laughs> we good. Here. Yeah. Um, once you find that space, right. 
you, it's like finding a family and just like any family, everybody has a role. Mm -hmm. Everybody gets into it. So going back to that movement side, can you speak to those people that they see me, like I was saying earlier, they see how I am, but then they're like, yeah, I ain't going to be, I ain't going to go out like that. Like, I ain't going to be on the, I'm probably ain't going to march like that. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. think those people think that's the only role in the movement. Oh, Can you yeah. talk about Man, how, I mean, from all levels of it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just crazy space. It's just how do you, like, every day get up and say, how can I serve in the best interest of black people? How? What? How can I use my gifts? If your gift is content creation, how can I take content? And use it to help push our people forward and awaken. But it has to be. You see our slogan? Yeah. Oh, that pushes the culture Creating forward. content that yeah. pushes the culture That's forward. crazy. <laughs> that's all right. That's dope. I that's mean, dope. And that's where I have evolved in my space in this movement. Yeah. In in this media space, I understand. Like, we talk about how AI, that white supremacy AI has adjusted. Mm -hmm. uh, they found even more exciting and pretty ways to make us look bad. Oh yeah. Like they don't find ways to even give us money to tell stories of us that right. don't look prompt. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. And that's what I was going to ask too, though. Like how, what's the gauge of knowing is truly for the embitterment of black people? Yeah. Because you'll have a person like a Thomas Saul and you know, people follow that and say, well, that's a pushing black yeah, agenda yeah. too. So what's the gauge? So yeah. That you really. So I, that's, that's, that's a great question because I think, Part of our issue is we have to be rooted, right? Our yeah. We are, walk through the lineage, right? If you walk through the lineage of, of my political ideology, you're going to go from me being influenced through what was called the African-centered education movement, right? That was Afrocentrism. And in the 80s, uh, late 80s, early 90s, folk, you know, Malcolm X movie comes out, folks wearing kente cloth, people really starting to really celebrate Kwanzaa and start traveling to ancient Egypt to Kemet, you know, and taking these trips, being in study groups. But when you track the, the ideology, that lineage, you take that back through, you can look at Malcolm X, a lot of people were following Malcolm X. You got to take Malcolm X. You got to go to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, mm -hmm. but then you got to go to Honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey, Queen Mother Moore, and you got to go with that lineage. And that lineage is a black nationalist pan-Africanist lineage that says we had a capacity mm -hmm. as black folk and the responsibility to assume leadership and to build institutions that build us up in a way that celebrates our blackness, but our Africanness as well. Right. And that's, mm -hmm. so all of the other stuff is something, those are, those are all efforts we have tried. Right. And I'm not abandoning the, the energy around, we're living in America, so clearly we are having to operate in this space. But we at the same time have to be consciously creating liberated space. Right. Not liberated as in a number of black folk in here. Liberated as in our thinking, 
freeing ourselves of Eurocentric thought and behavior. That's the greatest challenge. It's in between our ears. That's what we getting. Right. That's what we getting done. They lighten us up because we have adopted a foreign culture. And then we think that we can be our best imitating somebody else. Never, never. And, and Esther Rowe has a profound quote. She was the mother in good times. Man, her quote was like, you don't see me running around here trying to imitate white women because my power is in being who I am. Mm-hmm. And then she says, if you ever seen an imitation diamond outshine a real diamond? No, because it's an imitation. <laughs> and so like the that. more we learn about who we are, right. what's been healthy for us right. when we're at our best, when are we at our best? We're not at our best when we're doing individualistic stuff. We're at our best when we collaborate. Right. Right. We're not at our best when we ain't, when we're destroying. We're at our best when we're creating. Right. We're not at our best when we've decided that we're going to, you know, go off and just get ours. Right. No, we, we're at our best when we say, what can we build together? When we do that, you have emerging, you know, the Panther Party. These man, these folks, young, 16, creative, fifteen student nonviolent coordinating right. committee. You know where the youth are empowered to birth something that is different. Mukasa Dada. Yes, right. That's right. <laughs> Baba Mukasa. You know, all of those are examples of our ability to say, "Hey, let's get rooted right. in our culture, our history, and not." Do it in a way that is just romanticized. Like let's we we can critique. We can critique now. Where did we go wrong in the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands? What was our error in, in how we moved? Right. Um, and then what do we need to build today so that twenty years from now our people can be able to step into it? Right. You know what I mean? Like the fact that I'm over Clark Atlanta, man, that's a, that's a, the political science department, the doctor, yeah. Matt Jones, political science department. I love it. Hey, they look, built that. What's so crazy? It's so many of our brothers over there. I'm like, man, with me, when I'm about to teach my class, oh, man, bro. Like, everybody, you, Bass, Gary, Bass. Parham, uh, Jared. Jared Grant, it's five it, of us over there. Yeah. And it's taking it, over. And bro, it's, and it's ground zero. Like if, and if you know the history of just Atlanta University, Clark College, come on. you you talking about Du Bois? You talk. I mean, you just talking about heavy scholars, thinkers, organizers. I mean, every time I walk to my class, I have to walk up Atlanta Student Movement to get to my class. They name the street Atlanta Student after Movement. Atlanta Student Movement, right? right? Rosalind Hope, Ronnie King, right? You know, you name them. That's Julian Bond, you know, so the, it's all there. Right. You know, it's all there and we just have to not. How many young people on that campus, how many are they, is that lost on them? Like. Yeah. And and that's, that's our work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Our work is to. I was about to ask that, like. It's not. How's it translating nowadays? Yeah. And that's my, my classes, man. My, my whole objective is to create liberation lawyers. My, we're building out a pre-law program that focuses on not just birthing lawyers, 
but to birth liberation lawyers, whether they're going to do work in transactions Mm -hmm. where they're doing transactional work or whether they're doing litigation, but to have a consciousness that requires them to serve and build in our interests. And that that's the work. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, man, if you made it here now, let me, let's add some more to your thinking. Right. Is there more, because you're speaking of like critique, right? Yeah. Because um, you're talking about the HBCU. Yeah, like, yeah. Is there more that we could do to like retool just the HBCU experience in general? Oh, I was talking God. to one of my friends and I was like, man, imagine if like we had like a capstone project where all the seniors, like, you know, as a freshman, my senior project, I'm going to have to collaborate with the law department, the media department, the mathematics department, and come up with a project that's going to solve a problem. For our community, right? But all into this uh, interdisciplinary, you know. But yeah. we don't really do that. Now HBCUs, like that, I, I don't you know? know that. I don't know that education and and I think Greg Carr um, from Howard University, man, friend of the pod. We like Shout Greg out to the Nubia. Yeah, yeah, that's my man. So Karen Hunter, we love her. We too. grew up like in the movement together. You know, he was at Temple. I was still in the Navy, and that was that African education movement work. And so I really like some of his thoughts around what education should look like for us going forward, because it's just the model that we have is not sustainable where you come out 150 K in debt with a four year degree that you, that earns you 50 K a year, you know, it's just some of this stuff just doesn't work. So I, I definitely think how he's been raising issues, um, conversations, and others about how do we reframe, um, reconstitute education for black people. And one of the things that that I'm enjoying is, I'll give you an example. This, this semester I'm teaching civil rights law during the Black Lives Matter era, civil rights law during the Black Lives Matter era. Right. Mm-hmm. So we just taking civil rights cases, starting with what happened to Trayvon Martin, his and George Zimmerman's acquittal, how it birthed, mm-hmm. you know, Black Lives Matter um, as a hashtag that evolved into a movement that I think we can describe has evolved into an era. Right. You know, you had a black power era you have and those eras I'm continue to influence the future next. generations. Right. You know, and so. My challenge to my students, 20% of their grade is to produce a, a TikTok about qualified immunity, about some of the cases that um, we've had and that we've looked at as a people so that they go out, they ask other students on the campus, hey, tell me what you know about qualified immunity. They ain't going to know nothing. But we want to create, and then they'll explain, here's what qualified immunity is. And here's this, here's that. They'll film it, and the project is to, we're going to put it up so it can live forever. And that's what I'll be doing going forward, because them teaching each other with a PowerPoint, nah, nah, Mm -hmm. nah, 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 nah. I ain't serve my purpose if y'all just talking to each other. At the end of the day, we need y'all talking to your peers. We need y'all talking to the world. Because when they found out and they learned certain things, they were like, damn. <laughs> right. They were for it's real. 
educational experience. Once yeah. you realize, you're like, man, it was like, on. it was like, this is how they, because most people don't understand qualified immunity in terms of just the, uh, the difficulty for people who have had their civil rights violated to overcome this, these protections for police civilly. It's all been created by the, by the U S Supreme court. Right. And, and they don't, it's not like something that was passed by Congress. This is the Supreme court just making it more and more difficult over the years. And they don't understand that history. And so they see something happen and they're like, Oh, they're going to get paid. Mm, no, nah, this is a dog fight. Every time out, it's a dog fight. That's why people have to be engaged in struggle. And I'm glad you said that because I, I do hear that mentality a lot, especially from the younger people. Oh, they went through this with the police. They finna get paid. Bro, you do not want an interaction Mm-mm. with the police like nah. that. You're not getting paid every time. And then when you do get paid, this, it doesn't even equal up. This is not no company. went through. <laughs> yeah, this and, ain't no five. This ain't no five Fortune five hundred coffee not. falling on your hand like McDonald's. Like exactly. <laughs> and the other, the other piece to that that I think is um worth us really taking a hard look at is the issue around how do you how do you compensate for the pain? Yeah. Right. How how for the loss of life. Even if you live through it, the post-traumatic stress disorder, how do you, what, what's the compensation for that? You know, like. Man, when I see your client that was shot in the face. Yeah. Every time I see that brother, what's his name? I was Tremaine. Yeah. Tremaine Miller. Tremaine Miller, man. Shot in the face by police. Bullet in his neck. Still. It's, every time I see this brother, man. Yeah. It, his I'm, life changed forever, but you know, and he smiled through. That's the beauty of us. Oh man, it was the an bro- accident, or like they nah, cops shot him in the face, Dang. saying that his phone looked like a gun to him. Oh, his so phone they tried to kill him. Okay, yeah, yeah, he just survived it. Mm-hmm. He left them in the car for twenty minutes before the uh, ambulance came out over in Mechanicsville back in two thousand nine. And it's crazy because I've heard a lot of cops, like speaking to Karen Hunter on her show, they say it's better. When they die, because if they survive it, then they, they can they can testify. Mm-hmm. They can testify. But those who those who survive it, you're living with the trauma. Yeah, it's fear. It's you're living with fear. the psychological. You know, having a tough time because who the people who've done this to you, who harmed you, right, are people who you grew up being told they're gonna supposed to serve and protect now in our community has always been that tension where you know it's like oh you know we can't mm-hmm. trust the police like that mm-hmm. that that's a real life existence even for us. trying to call them peace officers like man they yeah. bring in violence we never heard that yeah they bring in violence and so that all of that makes it that much more difficult for a survivor of police violence to even what was taken from them you're trying to compensate for an injury that we may not even be able to see, but it's psychological. And that's the hard part of getting a jury to understand. Especially like in a police state, like when it feels like just getting in your car and driving, that gives any police the oh, they, quote unquote the, right to just. What they call it? The windshield over. report uh, the MSGM did? Oh, yeah. MS, oh. Man, 
you know, they, they shout out to their work. Oh yeah. You gotta, that's what, those are the kind of organizations I'm saying. If we get the light bulb on and people are like, well, what can we do? Right. Mm-hmm. When they see the video of Deacon Johnny Holloman getting killed on, mm-hmm. on street, on an Atlanta street that he lived on. Right. right? This is the street leading to his house. He's, he could walk from where he was killed. Deacon Johnny Holloman could have walked to where he and his wife lived. That's how close he was to being home. And mm-hmm. then to have his life extinguished on an Atlanta street. Um, it makes you say, what can I do? Right. And so what we're saying is you got to join an organization. Right. And I'm about to go to Holloman um, next. I just wanted to set the stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because this conversation is two things for Mm me. For one, there's somebody listening that wants to know how can they get involved with the movement. Right. And I'm trying to show them that this movement has many positions vacant. (laughs) Many, (laughs) many vacant positions. And we want you there. But then we're just talking about the pathways of how we get there. Unfortunately, most of our introductions to the movement was through trauma. Yeah. Unfortunately, most of our uh, inspiration to get up and stand up was because we seen something. So I'm going to list a couple of names. Eric Gardner. Mm -hmm. Say his name. Choked the life out of him. Staten Island, New York. Yep. Michael Brown. Ferguson, Missouri. Shot by the police officer. Hands up, don't shoot. Ahmad Arbery, jogging, Glen County. Damn, um, damn. Brianna Taylor. Um, we all the raid in Kentucky. Shot in her own apartment. Own apartment. One that was an introduction for a lot of people with Trayvon Martin. Yep. 2012. Sanford, Florida, uh, killed by George Zimmerman. Um, Sandra Bland. Texas, um, Philando Castile. I never forget Philando Castile because after his death is when Spendify went viral. Mm-hmm. Like literally, his death was connected to the burst of demand that we need to support our oh. own. And I, I, I never forget. And that keeps. That's why it's important for us to continue to contextualize what is happening so that more we can't let our people move to a place of absolute not disdain because they need we need disdain, but we don't want them to despair. Right. Right. We right. we've gotta make them understand and help our people understand that there is a role forward. Right. There is a path that has not fully been traveled. And that path is for us to focus on being self-determining, self-governing, right. Self-sustaining. Right. Right. Like so much energy has just been about reforming this system. What if we could just organize our block and police our block? What if we right. could organize with other creators and control our content and decide 
what we put out, what, you know, those are, how do we build our, our power so that, because what they say every time a life is taken is that y'all are powerless. Mm -hmm. Y'all can't do nothing. Mm -hmm. What y'all going to do? We'll take an elder. We'll take a Tamir Rice, a 12 year old. That's where I'm about to go. We'll take Catherine Johnston at 92. We'll take Deacon Johnny Harleman at 62. We'll take your sister, like Sandra Bland. We'll take your child, like Mike Brown. We'll take them and what y'all going to do, right? And so we have to build the capacity that they're like, nah, we've we've got to change something or there will be consequences. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like is our ability to operate within in our space and pull resources out of their system. We can't fund the system that is allowing our deaths to go unpunished. Right. You know, and, 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 and even, and we see it, we see a clear example of what it looks like. We saw when they put that legislation in Florida, Disney stand up and say, if y'all push this through, we pulling our money out. Like we saw mm-hmm. corporations stand up to the establishment because of legislation or because of action from the system. So it's not that we're asking for something that's far fetched. Oh no, we're seeing we're, we're asking for something that we see happen in real time. I mean, even on a small level, you know, come together as community. You know, black people employ black people. Oh yeah, you know, shop with black people, build up our community. And you know the worry about cause that's literally what every other community is doing. You know, like yeah, there's there are laws and legislation, and people are coming in, and that could be one part of it. But outside of that, you just ride the there's work that we got to do doing their own work in their own little community. And that's that's a part of the work. All of that is a part of the work. Oh yeah, and, and there's so many different facets. So when you say what positions are available, they're all available. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be limited to. If you don't march, you're not a part of the movement. Or if you don't, you don't do this, you're not a part of. You gotta. Like man, if, you, if you are a nurse at the hospital right now, there's white supremacy rearing its head in your industry. Oh, how do you serve our people? Medical apartheid. But exactly. we, but we've got to do the research. We've got to look at it. We have to be able to identify it. That's the only way. You got to first identify, then you confront, and you got to have the courage to do both. Right. You know, so much of what we see happening is distraction. Mm. Like they have been the master of distraction. And so we going Drake. for all of the distractions, distraction, distraction. You know, we we jumping from this to this to this. Well, we can't even focus on let's build together. Right. I got to put this phone down, stop looking at somebody else's life that really ain't their life, right? That's they that's they that's they made up that's they that's they IG life, right? You know, or they TikTok life. It's really not their life. We gotta set it down so we can just build. Say, let's go. Let's me and you and believe and be consistent. That's the piece, man. It's just consistent. The thing is, people trip on Rob and I. Rob and I have been law partners for 17 going on 18 years. And like, how have y'all done it? Said, man, the brother's giving me space to be who I am. 
have given him space to be who he is, but we have tried to keep the best interests of the firm first and foremost. Right. What is in the best interest of our people first and foremost? And so if you do it a little different than I do it, I'm not, I'm not coming for you. If you're not trying to create harm in our community, I'm not coming for you. Right. How do we keep figuring out how I can support you in your efforts and we can collaborate that. And I'm going I'm to just keep saying that that collaboration is key. It's key. So I listed those names. One name you mentioned it, uh, Tamir Rice. That was the one that really, that one, I don't know. All of them were bad, but Tamir Rice really affected me in a major way. It's just to see my bad, to see that young brother playing in the park, Mm-hmm. just living his life, just living his life. And the police officer get out within seconds and take it. Yeah. That one just, Oh yeah. It really, when I say it affected me, like it shifted my spirit mm-hmm. that day. And I'm saying that to say that happened. That has, I'm not saying any of them was less than the other. Let me just be very clear about that. I'm just saying how it made me feel like I was, Feeling a completely different way. I seen that, heard that, and my entire energy Shift. shifted. And, and we don't that, know what's going. We don't know what's going to touch our people. Right. We don't know what which one is going to push the button that make them that makes them engage. Right. Because so you could you could think about yourself, our own development. Man, I went years. Right. I'm walking past reparations, this, I'm just walking past. My consciousness hadn't been pricked yeah. and raised. So, you know, I'm just walking past stuff. And, and But then certain things happened. For me, it was the death of a, of a, of a friend, man, a guy, guy named Lance Bonner. He died, and I heard at his funeral his best friend, a guy named Andre Burke. We all played high school ball together in, in Chicago's Catholic League. And to hear Andre talk about Lance, and the kind of person that he was and what he was doing with his life. And I had just graduated from the Naval Academy, so I was a college graduate, and that was cool, prestigious school, what have you. But I said, my boy, and sitting in that funeral was Jaina. She wasn't my wife at the time, and my boy Marty. We were all in this funeral. And I thought about what would they be able to say about me at my funeral? Mm. And I was like, they wouldn't be able to say this. They wouldn't be able to say I served and I worked. You know, I felt, like, so that that, I felt like that at Leonard Tate funeral. Man, the way they stood up. Oh, my goodness. They tell the story. Oh, my goodness, bro. I, I, I talked about it on this podcast. Dog. Yeah. Chills. Yeah. yeah and then, to hear grown men say I was a crackhead. Man. Eating out of the trash. Like, to hear, like you know, black folk, we don't call ourselves crackheads. No, no. He, they, that, man, there was a level of transparency up in that spot that was like, hey. And it was so crazy. You know, Last I leave night, like the I now. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's great. Man, it's a trip, man. That's great. It's a blessing every day. <laughs> yeah. And last night I ran into a brother at a gas station. And he says, um, see you doing the work. I didn't, I, I couldn't, I was like, man, thank you, bro. I appreciate it. And he said, um, hotel. And he said, I was at, I was at Leonard Tate's services, man. I couldn't get to you. But. Leonard Tate changed my life in the gas station last night. This is what this brother's telling me, man. And so you, you just want 
and, and again, I had nine students this semester in this civil rights class, civil rights. And what I told them was, I come excited every class. I come prepared every class because I know that is nine of you all here, but each of you will touch the lives of thousands. Mm -hmm. And so if I can play any kind of part in raising your consciousness in a way that as you go out and you impact, it's that, it's that ripple effect mm -hmm. and, and, and we can do it and we can, you know, we went through a thing last night and I'll be quiet after this man was with, um, um, my man Kimmit, DJ Kimmit, mm. he did this yeah, joint yeah, spread yeah. love. Nice and um, love that brother. Yeah, he focuses on you know he he roots it and grounds it in in Coochie's music, you know. So it's called spread love and and I believe that Black Man Lab, Let Us Make Man, our organizing efforts are ways that we're able to spread yeah. love, right? Yeah. And that's what we need in our community is we need that yeah. love. So what I was saying, watching that, it shifted me. And I'm going to be real. My spirit hasn't been shifted that drastic mm. till I seen this Johnny Harmon video. Mm. Mm. And I don't want to put a scale on any of them. Right. But for me, why this is one of the most tragic killings we have seen in this era of Black Lives Matter, mm -hmm. it was from somebody that was supposed to be one of us. Yeah. Yeah. It was an elder being confronted by a 23-year-old. I mean, it, it just shows so many layers of where we are as a people. Yeah. Like how disconnected we are to respect of our elders, how we don't understand our to use our position, no matter what your position, even as an officer, to protect your people. Like, it just... This case unveiled a lot of stuff we have to work on. Mm, and mm. I was having, I knew the video was coming because I came to the prayer vigil. Right. I came to the prayer vigil. I prepared for the video. I even, like, I was ready. I told Keith I was about to watch the video. Yeah. But nothing would have prepared me to watch that. Yeah. And we we try to, um, I asked different reporters who've been covering our work over the years after they saw it had my law partner, Harold Spence, and I have we inflated because we saw it in September. And mm -hmm. so we came out and said, it's, it's awful, it's terrible, it's senseless, and we tried to describe it. She said, you all couldn't do it any justice. Words were not enough. Until when she saw it, she was like, were, your words were not enough. Trigger warning. I want. I want to play it for our listeners real fast. All right, man. Case number for you. All right, I did find you at fault in the That's my fault. I was in the red light. Hey, I, my, my light was green. You cut your turn short. No, no, I didn't turn. I couldn't turn. I didn't know why I'm going to do it. He kept coming at me. It okay. was my fault. 
Why are you screaming at me? I'm not screaming. I'm saying it was not my fault. He ran into my truck. Okay. You see right here? He hit me right here. Alright, so I need you to sign this ticket right here. His energy X. was off from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll get my sergeant for it, but you're still gonna sign this ticket. That's fine. But you're gonna sign this ticket so right here. Pa pause for one second. So, right there, he says to him, Get your sergeant, right? He's like, Can you get a sergeant out here? Because he felt like the officer giving him the ticket wasn't right. Hmm. He doesn't, he, he just blows past that and says, Oh, I'll get my sergeant, but you're going to sign this ticket. And he's just saying, you know, give me, I'm, I'm not feeling this. Right. I'm not right. feeling this. And we know. Cause you're trying to say I'm guilty. I'm, listen, I'm not trying to sign. He's like, I'm, I'm not treating this. Let, let me talk to somebody. And then go, go, go ahead. Cause then after that, this is where it goes real crazy. My sergeant out here. No, no, okay. No, no, no. You're going to sign this ticket. Or I'm going to take you to jail. So you got a court date of the 4th of October, 2023, at 8 o'clock, all right? It's not a state of admission or guilt. Just saying that you plan on coming to court and paying the fine beforehand. I, I, you can come to court. I didn't do nothing. You can come to court and fight. I didn't do nothing. Ticket. No, how much? Jeez, I didn't do nothing. I didn't do nothing wrong. Who are you screaming at? I oh, right here. Lower your... For me, that's where... Because I just got such a respect for elders. Bro, you 23. Bro. Like... Who you screaming at? That's a statement of authority. That's what grown folks say to their kids. Like, like oh, yeah, yeah. that's like to me, that was on some. If this would have been a white boy, that that's when a grown authority. Yeah. yeah, bruh. This is what we've been saying. Watching this video, hearing it, this is an example of he had divorced himself of black culture. Come on. He put this uniform on and had had put on police culture and yeah. police culture in America says that black lives still do not matter. That is the mm. truth, mm. right? And we can cut it any kind of way that when you look at use of force, Atlanta police got to go to Southern center for human rights, the work they've been doing around this, they have been really shining a bright light on it. hundred percent, 100% of use of force, issues in the last year african-american right this we're not at this not a hundred percent black city right. but all the use of force has been on us and that is an example of a culture because because in any other man we could go into into the into hoods in atlanta and you see deacon holloman and he worked in many of these neighborhoods reaching out man the, the way these young guys who were who really about that life, man, they call him Unc, Pops. They show this brother respect. It's what we do in general. You see it's elder, what, Unc, nah, Grandpa. To say he divorced no black matter, culture, that's the realest. That's the real thing. That's he, the realest thing. He, I'm telling you, he and then he when it when he when he put on that uniform, he put on with it the culture of policing, which is fundamentally rooted in the slave catcher mentality, the overseer mentality is rooted in white supremacy. Right. And that's the part that, you know, that's not a conversation that most elected officials want to have. That like analyze, like analyze this for real, for real. Listen to it. See how he, how this thing plays out with this, with this elder and this 23 year old. And you like, where they do that at? It wouldn't, we, we, that wouldn't go down anywhere in 
the African world. You go to South Africa, there would not be a black 23-year-old South African who would treat a 62-year-old South African in the manner that you saw, only in the context of policing. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't happen with, I, I mean, you know, an elder comes to our firm for help. We're going to, you know, everybody, everywhere else. You, you're not... Like I said, it was completely off kill. So I'm not going to play the whole thing, but I do want to get to the actual yeah. part. My voice you're not, not going to scream at me. My voice is heavy. Do you understand what I'm telling I you? Let it rap. Now you're going to sign this ticket, or I'm going to take you to jail. I suggest you sign the ticket. Then you can talk to my sergeant or whoever you want to talk to, your priest, your wife. I don't care. But you're- Nah, I ain't going to lie. That right there, when he said that, it's like, yeah, he don't care at all. He's even mocking him. Your, your, your wife, priest, your priest. Your priest yeah, he was care. mocking him. Come he on, was disrespecting Because he had Sign just said, right Lord here. Jesus. Here you go. Right. Sir, I'm going to ask you one more time. Sign the ticket. This one, he decided to kill him. Sign the ticket. Sign the ticket. Sign the ticket. Sign the ticket. That's what you're trying to make me say. Sign the ticket. Okay, I'm gonna sign the ticket. I'm gonna sign the ticket. Sign the ticket. Four times. I'm gonna sign the ticket. I'm gonna sign the ticket. I'm finna sign the ticket. He's saying, and so at that point, the whole purpose is compliance, right? That's the only objective in policing mm-hmm. is to get a citizen to comply. Mm-hmm. He was prepared to comply. You got him by his right arm. When you play it a little further, he's going to say, I'm right-handed. Like, you're mm-hmm. you're preventing me from signing the ticket because you got me by my arm. You're just saying sign the ticket and you grab me. Right. And it's like, okay, I'm trying to sign the ticket. Are you going to let me sign the ticket or, or I'm under, like, what's going on? And then it goes from there. says I can't Put breathe 15 times.
the officer was gone, mm -hmm. right? And um, what hurts me is that the city has had this video, obviously, since August the 10th when this happened. Yeah. They've had a chance to look at it. They've had a chance to see it. Um, what do you do with it? How do you move on this? You know, um, we had, we've been in the street, you know, Demanding because we need it. to, Yeah, we, we needed to, we, cause they said that, you know, he was just belligerent and he was this and he was that he kept refusing. He never refused. He delayed, but not refused. Right. He was waiting like, and, and, and then once. The guy grabbed him. He said, okay, I'll sign a ticket. I'll sign a ticket. Was that the tow truck driver that jumped in on it? Yeah. Yeah, the tow truck. get to it. Yeah, get to that. Yeah, that's on there. That messed me up. Yeah, I, I want to ask you. Why would you jump on an old man? Jesus. Don't touch me. Put your ass behind your back. Okay, okay. Now! Okay, okay, buddy! Okay, buddy! Let go of me! Put your ass behind your back! Can I punch him again? Put your ass behind your back now! Put your ass behind your back! You think he's gone there? You see his hands are just left. Put your ass behind your back now! Hey, bro, what are you doing? Let me get my cuffs. Let me get my cuffs. This shit is so long. I forgot what it's like. So he's being police or something? Slow down. Yeah. He'll make it a 5-9 okay. right away. Okay, so I, I knew it. That's what I said. I knew it was... Yeah, he, he's all excited. Yeah. He's excited about doing this to this old man. And me all up on his head. Oh, yeah. And he talked about it later on. Like, who managed? That took me back. I still got it. Shit. Alright, we'll stop it. We'll, yeah, we'll stop it here. Uh, if, for those that want to watch it, we'll put the official link if you want to see the whole thing. Um, let me just say this and thank you for doing the work that you do. But, when I tell, uh, especially the people here in Atlanta, this is our George Floyd. Mm. Like, and I, I gotta say George Floyd, cause George Floyd obviously was that the shift, the shift for the country, for the country nationwide. Yeah. Atlanta has operated under this cloak and perception of black excellence mm -hmm. for so long mm -hmm. because we have many aspects of it. Mm -hmm. We see black leadership. There are a lot of black wealth here, but it's a tale of two coins. It's a, it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a tale of two sides in Atlanta. And this is a true part. So when you see people talk about cop city and why they don't want it and mm -hmm. why they fighting against it and why they would pack out the city council chambers and make it where you can't even, it's, I don't know how many people can tell about like, this is why this work is happening. Right. And then you don't see anybody, everybody that's advocating for cop city and what it is and the training. And 
you don't see them people coming out and denouncing this behavior. Yeah. And that's the issue. Right. How can I believe you about this training is going to help us make things better? When this comes out, which you clearly know is wrong because y'all fired them, but y'all haven't came out and just clearly denounced what this is. And this person is not being indicted. Right, right, right. We just got work to do. There's, I don't care who you are. There's no room on the sideline for this. Because Johnny Holloman, that was everybody's granddaddy. Man, man. That was everybody's granddaddy. And see, this is an opportunity for the black church to reassert its relevance in our community. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, I am a a black church attender, right? A member, um, a believer now in ways that I hadn't been when I was, when I was younger, the power of the black church and what's possible in the black church, even today. And this is an, this is an opportunity for the black church having lost a deacon. What we describe this as is that while he was a deacon for a particular church, he was a deacon in the church universal. Period. Right. As everybody deacon. As everybody's deacon. And you got to show up. You got to step so, step to so that. What does that look like? How do like what needs to happen now? Like, you know, obviously we talked about at the beginning. There's uh, there's two sides, right? There's the civil. How do you oh, define yeah. what the family get? But what I really care about is justice on the criminal, criminal. side. Oh, and I think that's that's where we have tried to keep the focus. We haven't uh, jumped out and filed a lawsuit. Well, and I know, yeah, but I'm just we, saying, we like, to keep but the focus and we, for the narrative for the people that talking about, oh, he's about to get paid. Like, no, oh, like we, what we want, we've got to we've got to push for the prosecution of both of those individuals, both, both the officer and the tow truck driver, and that comes with people, citizens, church members, young people old people um, willing to go to the courthouse, pay attention, lift their voices, go to city hall, lift their voices, be present, share the video, give critiques of the video, continue to keep it out there. So it doesn't, because what they're depending on is for us to go back to sleep. Right. They're depending on it. They rely on our distractions. Right. Let's get distracted. It's 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 game time. Let's go watch the game. Well, when you're at the game, have a flyer. Pass out the link. So we're going to create a link to that'll drive you to this YouTube. We're creating flyers. This is what organizers, I mean, Atlanta University Center students, they marched from the from AUC to CNN and I want people to understand that the release of this video is really a people's victory, right? Because there are a lot in Georgia and people don't understand Georgia is different. We have, when you do an open records request, if the case is open, they do not have to release the video. And in most instances they don't. And because people organize, because the family has been appealing because they're saying, you all have put out a narrative about our father that we don't believe is accurate. And let's let the world see. Is it him that did violence against his officer? Or was it the officer who did violence against him? Mm-hmm. You never saw their father do anything. You, he never cussed that young officer. He never swung on the officer. He never tried to project any violence towards him. 
This all started from a traffic accident and him asking for a sergeant to be sent out because he disagreed with him receiving the ticket. Right. That's simple. Right. That's and that's that's people should be outraged. It's that Different, crazy. Your life is gone because you wouldn't sign a ticket. Gone. And not even you wouldn't sign it because you delayed. Because once he said, I'll sign, I'll it, sign it, all he had to do was let him sign it. Let him sign it and let him go. And what, and what about the other part of it? Because I think fully the officer needs to be convicted and charged, right? But what about these uh, little small, um, I guess, uh, what you call it, trinkets that the city is giving? Like, oh, we won't. You don't have to sign the ticket anymore. Yeah, they've, you know, they've, they've changed some because policies. Because I remember the sister in the park. They, that's what they flipped her over for. Ain't, ain't, ain't for, for not signing that they ticket. They should have, back then, back then they could have stopped, stopped, stopped that. Right? So if they, if they would have stopped that then, this, this wouldn't have happened. Happen. You know? This wouldn't have happened. So it's like, why that, that, it... that statement from Andre, man. Oh, go ahead. That, sh- that shit was weak. That was weak for me. It was disappointing. And, and I'll tell you, he has reached out to the family on a number of occasions um, and have, they've been supportive in, in ways that they could be supportive at this stage. And, and I, I want to acknowledge that. I think it's important to acknowledge because we've gotten different treatment through the course of doing civil rights over 15 years, mm-hmm. different treatment from city hall, different treatment from these counties. Right. He's shown a level of compassion for this family in private spaces. And I, you know, be 100 about that. But this public statement did not take into consideration all that was shown on that video. Well, you know why I said weak for me? And and I'm saying that with the relationship with the mayor. Yeah. I'm saying that it was weak because I read his statement before I watched the video. Hmm. Mm. And See, when I, I thought he could have acknowledged when, it just to say it's, it could be disturbing for some, I think it's just should be disturbing for all. Oh, like, and then I think acknowledge the man said, I can't breathe 15 times. The man said, I signed a ticket. I'll sign. I want you to, outright, I want you to outright denounce that, that officer and that, that come, come in that, that type of policing, especially while you're sitting here, Supporting and pushing for this training facility. That would that would have brought have some to. balance. That would you have balance. to because if if I do that now, I feel more safe and comfortable that the person who has a lot of pull and say so of this facility is done is advocating against wrongful policing. When I seen that, let like you know, I wonder if I would have felt the same way if I would have watched the video for then seen it, but I seen his first right. And it made me think for him to put out this long letter really wasn't warm at all for me, mm-hmm. for the family. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it. I'm like, bro, you couldn't have wrote that. Y'all had to chat GBT that, bro. Or, that. or, or my concern was that you got to watch that and then write it. Right. Yeah. You can't because, be too. You can't be too far away from having watched it. Yeah. Like, you. You got like talking about standard operating procedures and all. That. Okay. And if all that and even 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 with the weak I, statement, I if just all feel that like true. That, lock his ass up then. Like he clearly violated everything that is there to violate. Well, lock his that ass up. That ain't necessarily his decision to do that. Like right, that's now funny, now, now he did fire. Like it was fired by the chief of police. So. 
he does have that power mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as the mayor. He has the power to fire that officer. Now the actual arresting of the officer, that's on the DA's office. Right. That's and the DA. That's the DA. And it, they, they're going through that process. And that's why I think everybody has to stay very much engaged. And I ain't gonna lie, man. And, and she owes us one, bro. I don't care what well, nobody. Does she always want to one. What about the other guy that. too? Are they gonna lock his ass up? Well, that's driver? that's we're we're asking that both of them be she arrested two. and prosecuted. Yeah, she always she two. Two. because uh, watching that video, the most disturbing part it, it, was, it was two disturbing parts. The first part, which I said, which he was like, um, "Call your priest, whatever." That was disrespectful. And then when the tow truck man came and has all has his whole force on. The brother's on the ground, and he's like, like you say, excited. Oh, I haven't done this. He needs to be locked up too. I mean, because yeah. we've seen it. Speaking of George Floyd, it wasn't just one officer; they got them all. Yeah. So it's not just that officer; it's this civilian tow truck man. That if we, if we you deeper. have no purpose, but I can tell but you, a former police. If you want to so, go deeper, we saw. At least five officers standing around John Holloman in handcuffs. Oh, oh, oh while yeah. he was unconscious. Bro, we, so we and, didn't, didn't, and nobody did CPR. Listen, everybody, I need y'all to watch the whole video. Please watch. Nobody the whole video. did CPR. Please watch the whole video because this is gonna be a point of video when the EMT shows up and they ask the officer, "How long has he been like this?" He said five minutes. He says five minutes. It was at least fifteen. I know you probably know the real time. Yeah. About twelve minutes. About 12, because I scroll. I, I scroll. I scrolled back five minutes in the video and you're riding around in the car. So there's no way it was five minutes. No. The officers were there longer than five they minutes. Just and, none of, there. and none of the officers said, they well, there. they did not render at least aid. 10. With the handcuffs on. He's See, that's, that's no it. aid rendered. She has to say, can you she, take the handcuffs, t- handcuffs off? off. So she can start doing CPR, which they they never did. They man. never did. See, they did See, the, that. Uh, what did he say? He push, they rubbed his the sternum a little bit. What? Bruh, and, and the way he did it, like, bro, like it was half hearted. That, that was half hearted. Didn't care. Again, I read the statement. I seen the video. That's when I got really angry. Like I was already angry, but I just got really angry because we're in Atlanta, and I got this whole. Thing I hate this whole statement of black excellence because black excellence honestly only means you getting money or an award. Mm. That's what all that shit mean now. Yeah. It, whenever you look at somebody black excellence, oh, it's it. somebody winning an award from white folk or somebody getting money. It ain't How, however they get the money. We don't look at Alvin Dollar and say that's black excellence. Yeah, this brother that gets up every week, twice a week, out of his sick bed to be there for brothers. We don't look at that. As black excellence. Yeah. We looking at somebody that's getting an award of folk that are critiquing our work that they could never do. Mm-hmm. They could mm-hmm. never do what we do. I mean, black excellence, they'll probably scream that out uh, down the street in Mercedes Benz when they're performing today, right? T.I., G.Z., everybody from that's Atlanta will be performing. That's black excellence. Meanwhile, we have a video out here released that APD done killed somebody and nobody's not going to say nothing. Yeah. Like, yeah, nothing. Nah. And, and I get upset because like them, my uncles and my dad, age. like me and Elder talk, but he's our daddy's age. Yeah, he's our dad's age. That could have been one of our fathers. Like, and then you get upset, and then you you're in Atlanta where they try to tell you it's black excellence. But then what? How do you combat those people? Because I feel like that's the other fight in this. It's not just protesting against the system. It's some of that black bougie whatever we got here. Black in elitism. There you go. The yeah. black elitism, man, and that's why we need y'all. That's why we need. This platform right here to have these kinds of conversations that I could never have 
that we could never have on these other um, media outlets. Just wouldn't allow it. Wouldn't allow us to just be 100 with each other about where we are, man. You know, man, I, I, I want the mayor to do well. On all things, man. Yeah. On, on on every level, I want him to do well. I want him to 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 lead this city. You know, I have nothing but love and hope and 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 prayer for him. Period. Right. And I know the family has appreciated every uh you know kind gesture through his office, but I also know that in this moment they want to hear something more than you know what they heard. They want to read something that gives them the sense that this is being condemned, you know? Yeah. And that's the frustrating part um for a lot of people is that they were frustrated they were frustrated by it. And I just want again, we are not a people of despair. Let's do the work. Right. Let's get in an organization. Let's get out here. Let's share the the video, let's engage in any protests, let's sign any petitions, keep trying to figure out how you can get involved and keep educating yourself. Understand the root right. of policing in America. I got to uh, No, you got well, it. Well, I was going to ask just on a um, like research level, for when things like this occur, right, um, we know that we have to fight for the video, but like... Um, Average civilians can put in open records requests. They can get police reports. They can get actual information of like everybody who was around this because all this information is public. So civilians can actually access this. You, just, you, you can, but because it's a open investigation, uh -huh. they won't turn anything else over. So mm -hmm. they won't. So the GBI, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation is doing the investigation. Mm -hmm. It hasn't quite completed that investigation. So we'll be, setting up meetings with them, you know, it's just a constant pushing the, the levers of this system to try to make it serve in our interest because it naturally self-protects. Mm -hmm. it, it just naturally tries to protect the law enforcement officer mm -hmm. because it symbolizes and stands for the status quo to mm -hmm. maintain it. And, you know, what we realize and what we know is that the status quo doesn't serve us. We've got to disrupt that. We've got to shake that up. We've got to change that in order for us to get a different set of outcomes for our people on a, on a daily basis. We got to keep saying, how can we build something that really addresses our issues and not just, you know, tangentially that we're kind of just off on the side while the real stuff is getting handled for everybody else. But right. we just, you know, almost spectators. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, first of all, I want to thank you. Oh, no, you know, bro. For coming, man. Thank y'all, man. Yeah, it was definitely a good conversation. Went a little longer. Um, yeah, we went hella long. <laughs> necessary, <laughs> I'm like, necessary. I'm like, yo, no, man. No, sorry, man. We needed um, that, though. We needed that, though. Um, Man, I want to do something. You know Janice Robinson uh, at United Way? I don't know if you know her. I don't. Uh, so she runs a, a VIP program. It's like a board training program. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yes, yes, I do. So she does a dope event where she bring in nonprofits. And if you're looking to be on a board, like it's just kind of like an organization fair. Yeah. 
I would love to do that for like organizers. Like I would love to bring together all these MSGM Beacon Hill. Yeah. And let's get a venue and like, yo, if you're trying to do the work, we let these organizations present the work they're doing. Yeah. And people that just want to get officially in this movement, not just showing up to a protest. I love that. Actually getting locked hey. in. Bring, bring your talents. Like kind of like, um, I forgot, I can't remember the brother and sister name, but like Village Microphone, where they're like, look, you worked in corporate America, bring those skills from the system. Right. Bring them to this meeting. Like this is an organization you can be a part of. You might find one that matches your pedigree. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. I just feel like we, cause I do feel. We got to make it more accessible. We got to. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I'm with that. Um, and we can talk Let's about doing it in like November, like yeah, you rolling out your book off, stuff. And, and it has like, to be brought offline too, because to your point, a lot of stuff is done online. Right. And that energy, this young warrior energy you feel, yes. yeah, it's online. If we can get that offline and say, hey, right. how, how can we do the next The steps? next step of engagement. And, and to that point, one of the things that the King Day has become is really a day of, you know, they say not a day off, but a day mm-hmm. on. Yeah. And so it's been direct service, community service oriented. Mm-hmm. but not necessarily political in terms of political organizing. And I don't mean Democratic Republic. I no, mean I like get it, I get the it. organizing of, you know, the politics, who gets what, where, when, mm-hmm. you know, and how do we influence that decision-making process? Um, increasing civic engagement. Increasing civil engagement, community organizing mm-hmm. around the different issues, right. right? And so, no, I'm with that, man. Yeah, uh, just, definitely a fair. I would help. I help organize, but yeah. you know, yeah. Let's. Push. I've been thinking on that idea. Now, I think we got to do it. I think we got to do it. We've got to identify the, the organizations, um, and and folk will find who they who they with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Get, get, get our, our... We, we, we'll probably accept one. <laughs> but uh, let's do it. I'm going to talk to you offline on it. But, uh, Marvel, thank you, brother. Thank you for being just that voice. When I was talking about thinking out 20 years and knowing who I'm, I'm with, it's not lost on me that I get to sit and bang with you. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate it, brother. Like, I just appreciate your leadership, your support. Like, you've been one of my aces go-tos, everything I've ever done, you've supported. No doubt. I think that David Bowles Law Firm will probably be the first customer of any business I've ever started. <laughs> hey, but keep creating, man. Yeah. Keep creating. And and I meant it when I said it. We need you. We really, really do. And what y'all are doing here is important for the movement to, to push forward. Perfect. We appreciate y'all, man. And we'll put the links in the show notes so y'all can find support this brother, especially oh, if you're in an accident, anything like that. This is who you need to call. Man, we say this every week. We love y'all. We need y'all. But most importantly, we can't wait to see y'all. Thank you for tuning in to the Just Elders podcast. City with T.I. Everybody know about Atlanta, it's just a Gucci. Everybody know about the scammers, by the trappers, and where we living now. It's just that lifestyle. Turn on my podcast, I'm trying to hit it real now. Hear perspective, we want to keep it real now. Every day we on the grind. Sometimes it's hard to tune out the outside. Oh, oh, It's just Eldridge, it's just Eldridge. Tune in on the podcast. Tune in on the podcast.
podcast, yeah. Real things, you know we gon' last, yeah. Kick it back, kick it back, kick it back.